And this week in school, one of the boys learned about the singing rocks. Have you heard about the singing rocks? So these, I know there's a field in Pennsylvania and then maybe up in Montana or something. And you may have to talk to them about the details. All right, I might get some wrong, but I'm just kind of going off of what was shared that I remember being shared. But these rocks, uh, there's these field of rocks, fields of rocks are uh, on the mountainside. And some of them, when you hit them with a hammer, they, they ring. And mostly in a certain uh, pitch, but other pitches as well. But not all of them ring. There are some rocks nearby that do not ring. So people just go with hammers and they'll hit one and it'll just be a thud like you normally expect from a rock. Other times you hit it and it just rings like you've hit almost like a bell. And it just made me think of that verse that here the rocks are, some of these rocks are equipped for that praising or that crying out. And the other interesting thing is they, they need each other in order to, to form this resonating that happens. So, because some people have studied them, taking the rocks out of the field and somewhere else, and they don't ring the same way. So it's just really uh, amazing what the Lord has done, even with the rocks. A uh, very simple, simple thing to us, uh, somewhat lifeless, but yet here he's created them. So um, why don't we open with prayer, and then we'll talk about another thing that we've been learning as a family. Father, we thank you for this time that we can gather to... Uh, hear your word, and to worship you, to sing together, to encourage one another. And I just ask that you would speak through me, that you would deliver the message you have by your spirit, and that you would lead us uh, to to follow you because of your word and, and, and who you are and what we learn about you. And so we just ask for your help this morning now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as I mentioned, uh, this is something that our family has been also studying, and that is this idea of building. And we, maybe not everybody does this, and it's understandable if you don't, but we like to kind of use that first of the year to, to reflect on things and consider things as a family. And a theme that we were thinking about is building, building up. And so we did a little bit of a study, a kind of a word study, and I basically just want to share some of those things that we learned from the word study uh, with you this morning in hopes that it would encourage us. And when when we talked about this as a theme, I just thought, you know, that's, that sounds really good. I like that theme. I'm feeling like some building up is needed. It's just been, for all of us, an interesting time the last couple of years, and we have endured various things. And it's, it's nice to think about what the Lord can do uh, each day in our lives to build us. So we... We did this word study, which hopefully we can gain some encouragement from this morning together. So building well is what we want want to do. So the reasons that people build, and I'm speaking generally here, but the reasons that people choose to build tend to have these ideas. The idea of increasing or adding on or growing or refreshing, rehabilitating maybe. Uh, restoring, updating, all these ideas. And I think we see some of that in what we'll study this morning as well from God's Word as we do this Word study on building. So we're going to talk about four areas, and that is setting up for success, safety first, it's very important, uh, site selection, which for those of you that don't deal with sites every day, I'll explain, and start building. 
So the first thing we want to talk about here is setting up for success. And in particular, choosing the right builder. Now, if you're involved in the building process, in fact, we here at the chapel at the, the business meeting the other night were talking about building the garage, replacing the garage someday. And who should we hire to do that and how should we go about that process? We want to have somebody we can trust and that can do a good job to, to build the building. And when big buildings are built, that's exactly what happens. There's a process to choose the right builder uh, for, for the project. And a couple of things I want to point out here is that the Lord is the builder of all things. We'll read in Hebrews. And secondly, our God builds, but he also can rebuild. And so he really is the foundation here. We want to start with, and we'll talk about foundation uh, some more, but in particular, we want to start in the right place, recognizing that without the Lord, our building is not successful. <clears throat> so choosing the right builder. In Hebrews, we can read this, says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And the author here, as you know from studying Hebrews, is clearly trying to point out the place of honor that Christ has. And we see this very strong connection in this verse, that Christ, the Son of God, is God and is deserving of that honor. So the Lord is the builder of all things, uh, it says there in Hebrews. This is where we want to start and recognize he, he's the one who, who builds in us. Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. So if we're going to even start down the process of, of seeing uh, growth and increase in building in our lives as Christians, in our assembly, Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. So he's the right builder because of, of who he is that we recognize here, that honor that he deserves, and we want to start here. He's also the right builder because of his qualifications, and in particular, as a God who rebuilds. The God who rebuilds. Sometimes, uh, as we talked about, people build because they want to improve or increase or grow or refresh. And when you, when you're approaching, when it's not just a new, a new build and you're remodeling something, refreshing it, the first thing necessary is to remove the unnecessary. So some demolition happens. And I wouldn't trust anyone else to do the demolition in my life but the Lord Himself. And I praise the Lord that He sometimes has used His people to help with that. And I've grown because of it. But, it's, it's his uh, grace through them that leads to that. Well, we first, or we recently, <clears throat> somewhat recently, um, decided to do a project in our house that involved some improvements. We had a wall when we first moved in. You can see the lovely grape wallpaper on the left side there. And this wall is between our kitchen and our living area. And this is the back side of it. And I don't know how people lived in the house before, honestly. I th we, we just, we have a hard time picturing how you could not have 
this opening between the kitchen and the living room. It was very partitioned. So we set out to choose a team, and we got a team in place. Some some were more helpful than others. And we we got to work on the wall. Now, we were not just, it's not like what you see on TV when you do demolition the right way, because you might need some of that stuff, like the wall, or you know, portions of it that are structural. And so we carefully removed the wallpaper, and then we carefully removed the... The, the framing in the wall, and we framed it up, and then Orlando, probably remembers this day, came over and, and patched the wood floor with Antonio and their team, did a great job, and it looks really nice, and I don't have a final picture here, but you get the idea. We made this improvement to where we can now communicate across rooms. Uh, it's just, it's an everyday part of our life now that, again, we can't imagine not having that opening there. But the point is, we in order to do this improvement, we had to start with this demolition and carefully removing the unnecessary and rebuilding, rebuilding in a way that there would be improvement. And this is exactly what our God does. He's the one who can build, but he also can rebuild. Look at Matthew, and this is an occurrence of of the, the word build, rebuild or build in Matthew 26. And verse 21, it says, Now as they were eating, uh, let's see, this does not look like the right verse. I'm going to try 2740 and see if that looks right. If not, I'll pull up my other notes. All right, let's look at 2740. Somehow I mixed up 26, but it's got a, a similar a similar portion. So in Matthew 27 and verse 40, says, Those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple... And build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So the incorrect reference there, I apologize, is where the Lord Jesus shares this. Like He's talking about uh, that he will rebuild in three days, speaking of his resurrection. And he's questioned uh, about it. And so it comes up again here when he's on the cross. And they're, they're trying to... Um, mock him and egg him on into coming down from the cross. But I'm so thankful he didn't. I'm thankful to recognize that he is the God who could, God could raise him from the dead. Jesus says he lays down his life that he may take it up again. He's the only one that could do that, that could raise from the dead. And so there's no action to be taken here. What, 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 uh, what value would it be to the will of God for him to come down from the cross at that point when he's the God who can rebuild and bring back to life? And there are probably many examples we can go through in Old Testament. I didn't get to that point in our study. It would be an interesting thing to study. But there are many examples in the Old Testament where God has done just this. He's continued to work, and he continues to do that in our lives. Uh, Ruth, Jacob. 
We think about the work that he's done in individual lives and also in the nation of Israel to, at times, rebuild. And he's the only one that can bring life from, from death or from nothing, as he did in creation. So he's the God who can build, but he's also the God who can, can rebuild. So the next portion we'll, we'll look at is safety first. And if you've been on any construction sites, you know this is a very important thing. We, when I'm, I'm an engineer. I go out to job sites regularly, and contractors are building these sites, and they have a high expectation for even me being on the site, not being one of their workers, and the safety aspect. So safety first is, is very important when it comes to building. So we want to be careful how we build and build in a way that is safe, to those around us. So here's an example of, of the expectations. There, there are boundaries placed. There are limits. There's rules for safety gear. We've got our hard hats and brightly colored clothes and gloves and glasses. And up, you probably can't see in the picture on the left, but there's uh, kind of a, a railing that's been installed temporarily so that people don't go off the side. When you're, we get training in scissor lifts. You know, when we're around scissor lifts and people are working with them, we're, we're trained to how to um, recognize that that's happening and stay stay in the, the proper clear area. So there are these expectations around how you build. It needs to be done safely. It's a very important topic. So we want to be careful how we build. And I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians 3, if you would turn there. Because it's true for us as well. As we work together in the church, as we we work together in our families, We want to be careful how we build and do this in a way uh, that is is best and and safe. So in 1 Corinthians 3, and I want to be clear on the context, this is a portion where uh, Paul is speaking to teachers, especially. So in, in uh, verses 9 through 13, it says, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it uh, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So Paul was specifically talking to these teachers, some of which were bringing in ideas that were not on the foundation of, of the grace and gospel of Jesus Christ, that he's the Savior, uh, that he is the, the Son of God. These foundations that Paul laid, that uh, they could come to him by faith, all these things that he taught, this is the foundation that was laid. And he's saying here, if anyone builds, the day will test what they build with. And he's speaking of the day of judgment, the day that, that Christ would return and judgment would begin. And it would be cleared out and very evident whether they had built with gold, silver, precious stones, or whether they had built with wood, hay, and straw. So I think that we can take application from this, certainly as teachers, and I think even in our Christian lives, that we want to be careful how we build and recognize the, uh, the preciousness 
of how we build? Are we building on the foundation of, of the work of Christ in our lives and our faith in Christ? And we'll see that come through more as we look at more of these verses. So we want to be careful how we build. We also want to build in a way that's uh, safe to those around us. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 10. First Corinthians 10 and, and verse 23, it says all things, well, maybe we start back just a little bit here. Uh, verse 22, or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. And that edify is that word to build up. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. So again, as we work together, in our families, in our church. We want to build in a way that is safe to those around us in the sense that there may be times that we need to do just what he just read, not seek our own, but the well-being of each other. So it's another parameter around building safely. To edify, that may be necessary, that we give up our our own way, our own um, liberties or our own... uh, Just our own is what he says there. Let us not seek our own, but each other's well-being, our own well-being. So we've set up for success. We know the Lord is the builder. He's the one that we need to to be foundational to building in our lives. We think about how we build, and we're careful in that, and how we interact with others in that building. So we want to talk about site selection. So when, when a new building is being built, an important step is selecting a site. If you've ever bought land, I haven't, but I know people who did. We used to live out in the country, and there were people buying up land around us. And we knew because we lived out there that some of those sites were, were okay, and some were not so okay. For example, if there was no water nearby one of the sites, well, that's an expense that they'd have to, to go through to, add, to be able to have water on the site. So it's very important which site is selected. So we want to think about where are we building as, as uh, believers in our lives and as a church. And so we talk about, as we look at these verses, we see that we can build on the rock. We build on ourselves. We build on our faith and in one another. So where to build? Now this is probably where some of your minds went, Right? All right, try Luke 6.48. Let's start at verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately fell, and the ruin of that house was great. In Matthew, it's a similar accounting of this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. So an observation here as we read this is, and perhaps you you think about this this way as too. 
when I think about these verses, immediately my mind goes to the rock of Jesus Christ. And, that, and that's what's being talked about here. But specifically, the Lord Jesus is saying, you may hear these things, but it's hearing and doing that the man who builds on the rock is like. It's those who hear and do. And so we may hear the good news that Christ Jesus died to save sinners. But if we do nothing with it, then we have no foundation. We have no foundation, and the ruin is great. And so I think that this speaks to a real relationship rooted in Christ. To hear and do. To, to hear the things that he was saying about who he was as the Son of God. What he would do, ultimately, in going to the cross and paying for sin. The grace that he would demonstrate through that. Taking our sin for us. For us to hear that and do nothing with it. But yet the one who hears and does and acts on that information, that's the one who's like this man building on a strong foundation. And so, of course, if we're going to build it all, we need to be rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to have him or our ruin is great. Whether it's as a believer in our Christian life, as a church, or really any person, we need the Lord Jesus Christ as our our rock, our foundation, a real relationship with him, calling upon him because of his his, uh, mercy and compassion towards us, crying out to him in faith. And Abraham did just this. Let's turn to Romans. Romans chapter 4. This is speaking of Abraham. And Abraham is really... Uh, a great example of faith, certainly. Father of faith, some may, sometimes he's referred to. And I like the way that Paul brings this out because it show us this, shows us the simplicity of why Abraham is called the father of faith. It says in verse 20 of, of Romans 4, he did not waver at the promise of God, the things that God said. He did not waver at it through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore it was counted to him for righteousness. It was that simple. Abraham heard what God said and he believed it. He believed it. He's fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. And that was accounted to him for righteousness. There was no, no steps he had to take, you know, no, no list of things to do, not even meet the, the law of Moses, which would come, which was there. And it was accounted for him for righteousness, accounted to him for righteousness through that faith in the word of God. So it's important that we uh, choose the right site. First of all, we need to build on the right foundation, hearing and doing, following the Lord Jesus. But then also, uh, where to build in ourselves. And let's look at Jude. There's going to be a couple things we learn here from Jude. So turn to Jude. I don't think I can mess the chapter up on this one. And we will read at verse uh, 17 there. 
But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So build ourselves up. It's an interesting phrase. We don't often think about things this way as Christians. We should build ourselves up. But this is not about uh, elevating ourselves in some fleshly way. This is not about uh, picking ourselves up by our spiritual uh, bootstraps or suspenders. But recognizing that we are not alone, we know that. We know the Lord is the one building through us. We also have a responsibility, and there are things that we can do. There are actions we can take. We can hear and do. So it isn't about uh, you know, a fleshly or, or selfish thing, but we have a responsibility. Think about it this way. If you look down further, it says he also says, keep yourselves in the love of God. It sounds like there's something we have to do there to, to maintain that. Well, of course, uh, we are in the love of God because of, of what he initiated. But I think about it in terms of a, just a quick example. I grew up in a house that faced east, and Saturday mornings were the best because the sun would be coming in the windows in the front of in our, where our room was on the east side of the house. We can get down there in the warm sun on the carpet and, and play Legos or whatever we were playing that morning. But we had to keep up with where the sun was moving in order to keep that warmth, right? And, you know, First John talks about this, walking in the light. We have a responsibility there. So I think that that's something important to recognize here. When this says build yourselves up, yes, this is an action that we can take, but it doesn't mean we're alone in it. And so if we're feeling unstable or weak, uh, and Jude's talking about contending for the faith. And this is serious things, end times stuff, where he's talking about contending for the faith in, in desperate days. And he says, build yourselves up. So if we're feeling unstable or weak, there's building that we can do. And so we want to start, certainly, we don't want to just look at all the building that everybody else needs to have happen, right? We look at our growth, our own growth. So building in ourselves and then also on our most holy faith. What are we building on? That faith in Christ Jesus that we talked about. And so this recognizes that the just shall live by faith. It's incremental steps. Praying in the Holy Spirit all the way. And I think that that's helpful here to see he does give us quite simple things that we can do in order to carry out building up in ourselves and building on our most holy faith to be praying in the Holy Spirit, walking with, with the Lord in these incremental ways. And then finally, um, as we look at 1 Thessalonians 5, we build in one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, I'll read that to you here. It says, therefore, comfort each other and edify, build up one another, just as you also are doing. So edify, build up one another. So this is another good place to build, is in one another, stirring each other up into good works and investing in one another. So we've talked about setting up for success, our safety, site selection, and finally, it's time we can start building. 
so this is just really some some uh, very few practical uh, verses that give some practical information about building in each other and uh, building being built up. So practical ways to build. Well, one is is love. In 1 Corinthians 8.1, we read this, that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. It builds up. That should be that should be a tool in our toolkit to recognize if we want to build well, we need to love one another. I'll keep going here for sake of time. Um, Acts 20. Acts 20, the word of grace. And I do want to look at that. Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. Oh, I have it there on the screen, I guess. So now um, I think I have the same... Do I have the same version? I might have put a different version in here. Yeah. So now, brethren, I commend you to God under the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So for building up, we're commended to the word of his grace. And I think that's also very a very important element to come back to. The word of his grace, speaking to each other, and reminding each other, certainly of the work God has done, but specifically the word of his grace. And Acts makes reference to this a couple times. They were sharing the word of his grace. This was not some threatening uh, you know, sect or something of, of some um, you know, departure from the Pharisees or the Sadducees. This was the word of grace. And I want to look at Ephesians in that light. I can just turn there and read that to you. Ephesians 2, familiar verses. Actually, 1. 1 is the verses I was thinking of this morning. It says, having, uh, having, verse 5, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us, acceptable in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Yes, we're sinners. We, we know that we fail. But he has given us the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. This is, again, this was not a list of things to be done. This was God's grace, his will, the good pleasure of his will, that he would make this way for us to be forgiven of sin, to be accepted in the beloved. So that's the word of his grace, and we're reminded to build each other up, reminding of the word of his grace. And then finally, uh, encourage, and we read this verse already, to, to comfort, to encourage one another, and therefore edify one another in this way. So in closing, I just want to look at one more verse in Acts here and see what the results are of building well. And tying back to what we talked about earlier, this is where the growth happens. When we build well, this is what happens. And so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace, being built up, and going on, going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It continued to increase. Father, this morning we are so grateful 
that we can look to you as the builder of all things. Father, we're thankful for your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the only one, the only one that we could hear and, and do what he said and find forgiveness of sin, to find peace, to find increase. We're so thankful for this Savior who came into the world to save not those who had done everything right, but to save sinners. Thank you for that grace that you've shown us. And Lord, we would desire to be a people, um, families, an assembly here together that is being built up and is building up. Lord, we just ask as you uh, teach us how to love one another, how to uh, give up of ourselves and and, uh, give deference to others, or as we uh, learn how to share with each other the word of grace and to be reminding each other and encouraging and comforting one another. Lord, we just ask that you would do that building in us. And we thank you once again for the one that we can call out to when we need that help, when we need that strength and stability. And so we just thank you for your son. And it's in his name we pray this morning and worship. And we're thankful for the Lord Jesus so much that he's given us, uh, that you've given us all you have through him. So we thank you for your grace this morning and for this time that we could learn about being built up and building well in Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.